Welcome to the second episode of the Falkirk FC podcast. On this month's episode, we're going to be talking about our player of the millennium, Kevin McAllister, and the Country Initiative, which was a fan-led initiative that campaigned and fundraised over several years now to rename the South Stand the Kevin McAllister Stand. Happily, that initiative was successful, and the stand will officially be renamed this Friday evening, 24th of June, in a match against Kilmarnock. Joining me to discuss the campaign and country himself is David McAnally and Stuart Brown from the Country Initiative and also from Falkirk TV, I'm joined by Lewis Connolly. Thanks for having us on. Yes, Looking forward thanks to it. very much. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. A couple of years worth of work for you guys now, try to get this done. How does it feel to finally get there? Almost coming up for three years, I think, since we first, uh, since I first came in and making the idea to the club. Um, so, yeah, it's been a long time coming and actually a bit surreal to, to go out there and now see it all up from from what we, we started with making the mock-ups as to how it would look and, and to actually see it there now it's uh, it's unreal I came in a bit later uh, to the day than Dave it's obviously Dave's idea and muted at the club but I came into the, the committee a bit later just around the time that we commissioned the first prints I think um, yeah but it was yeah. it was a, a lockdown uh, joining so it was all done through through zoom or whatever we were using at the time did you guys think you would, or was there a point you thought you wouldn't get to this stage? Because it does seem like it's been a long time coming. You must be delighted to to finally get it over the line. We never thought we'd get away COVID, to be honest with you, Lewis. So we we're <laughs> just glad to get <laughs> to get back to seeing people. Yeah, yeah. But I'll let you go, Dave, on that one. It, well, well, yeah, there has been a couple of hurdles along the way, which at some points we thought it wasn't going to happen. But um, thankfully, we got through them and um, in the last sort of end of last year you know we've sort of been well embraced and can't actually thank the club enough now for for taking it on and, and sort of helping to see it through and as it should be done you know and, and make sure that's uh, it's all achieved properly in the way we sort of envisioned from the start and um, so it's been good so why crunchy then why did you think that he was the guy that deserved to have his name up and stand uh, player of the millennium, um, voted the best ever player, Falkirk player, I think, uh, by the fans on multiple occasions. Uh, personally, um, probably the best player I'll ever see. Um, hope, well, maybe not ever see, but the best player I've seen um, in a Falkirk shirt. Um, so, so from that aspect, I think that's why, Kevin. I, mean, I think the question is more of why not, Crunchy, you know. It's, uh, there's no, I think if you were to ask anybody who the stand should be named after, I mean, Everybody would say crunchy. Um, it's such an obvious answer. I think if you're going for a another stand, it could be harder, a, a bit more debate around who it would be. But when I was asking people originally, I mean, the, the whole idea, I'm sure it's, it's an idea, but I'm sure plenty of people have said before that they should name a, a stand after crunchy. But um, I guess I kind of took it on. I, I just saw like other clubs, what they did for, for legends and just not even like star names per se but coming out onto the pitch and getting welcomed after they attend games and it just occurred that you know Kevin's kind of is not as associated with the club in a way they should be Um, been 20 years now since he stopped playing and you never really see him out in and around the club and he's such a big figure for Falkirk that you know it just felt wrong Um, so I kind of put a a post out in one of the Facebook groups um, and just said, you know, what do people think about should we name a stand after Crunchy? And it was just like unanimous. And, you know, I think it's one of the most liked posts 
going back weeks and months on that that site. Um, and so from there, I kind of just thought, well, we'll contact the club. Um, but yeah, it's, nobody's ever really said anything else uh, other than crunchy. Nobody, nobody said, well, it should be such and such. Um, but we did, I mean, the guys, to be honest with you, the guys that you think might have some kind of say are, are maybe the older ones where, you know, the, the 57 squad and Alex, guys like that, you know, um, that, that went on to win Scotland caps, you think maybe, you know, the, the memory of them might be bigger, but no, Crunchy was the main guy, you know, the, asked Michael White, the senior Burns, and he sort of ran it around them and the, the answer came back, Crunchy's the one, so. Um, really, hi. Let's say it's uh, there seemed to be no option but uh, crunchy for for me and for everyone else. To what extent do you guys think it's a almost like a legacy thing? Because it's fine for old boys like me who've, who've been lucky enough to see crunchy, but there's a lot of younger fans who maybe, you know, they've heard stories about them, but they've never got a chance to see them play. And what you're doing is you're you're actually leaving a almost like a marker that for years to come will will keep his kind of profile there with the club. I think in respect to that, Lewis, I know, you know, Crunchy's maybe for an older generation such as myself and you, no no offence there, Lewis, but I think through this, um, what's, what's happened is the younger generation have started looking back at old video clips, you know, Dave's posted a lot of stuff out through social media and the feedback has been from quite a lot of the younger generation saying, oh, this is amazing, like, look at this, you know, so I think it's, it's bringing, I don't know, that generation up to speed with what happened and how we can play and players like Crunchy who we did attract to Falkirk um, it's, it's just it's kind of it's working well with that um, yeah I mean I think that for me and I think as a fan I think a lot of people like once you get hooked onto a club you maybe do start learning a bit more about the ex-players and, and maybe it's not as particularly back in you know the 80s when Falkirk were in the, the lower divisions there's not that much footage and stuff so it's harder for people to to find it, um, so it's about actually putting it in front of people to say like this is one of our, our legends, and then sort of collectively bringing all the, the footage together to show why it was it was so um, you know everyone everyone's best player. Um, but to me, it's always something about like even just other clubs. You know, you go and you see the stand names, and you think, oh, who who was that? You know, and it kind of gets you interested too um, and hopefully that does it with the fans you know they actually going back like I'm slightly younger than you guys but never much hope you don't mind me saying but uh, I only saw Crunchy when he was in 97 but it's like already I knew what a legend he was so I was like you know thrilled to, to see him play and uh, and it didn't disappoint at all um, so in, in a way it's weird because I feel like slightly like like a fraud and the, the fact that you know, to Kevin meant so much more probably other people who see them like in eighty three and eighties and, and early nineties and stuff. Um, really in his prime, I can only imagine what it must have been like because he was he was pretty damn good uh, in his later stages. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just it's, it's part of the club. You know, to me, it's part of Falker, Even Simon Stainrod and, and guys like that. You know, you, you know what they mean to the club. And I never saw Simon play, and I never saw Sammy McGivern play, and a, a lot of guys. Um, but it's just kind of teaching the younger ones and, and like even you get the, the Jimmy Gilmore shuttle boys like I'm sure they've not seen Jimmy Gilmore play but they, they know the kind of uh, status he had at the club so to me it's it's about that 
getting people to know about it. But also, it's a recognition that it's due for Kevin and making sure that, you know, he is rewarded in the way that, that he should have been years ago, let's be honest. One of the benefits out of COVID was that the club were up more than a lot of the old games. So, and fancy this, I've been going back and watching a lot of the games for the early 90s, late 90s that weren't available really online before. There's a lot of those now on the club YouTube channel which are, are worth looking back on just to get a flavour. Because I'm, I'm later than you, so I don't remember Kevin at all. I, I'm, I'm right at the end of his career, so it's been good to go back and see just what a brilliant player he was. And when you speak to guys around the town about him, the thing they always talk about is he's a local lad. And it's that Scottish kind of story is he came through the juniors and then made it into his local team and then went on the big things down south. So he, he, he picks up a lot of Scottish football, you know, like the, the themes of what it was back then. And obviously he's, he's an exceptional player. He's definitely one player that stands out. You know, if you, you go to events like the 97 event, you know, former players will always mention Kevin, you know, I think in the, the, the Walking Down Hope Street podcast, you know, he's probably the most named player for favourite teammates or best teammates. I think, you know, having somebody like Alec Totten who speaks so highly um, of Kevin just tells you just how much a, a wee legend he was. So um, de there's definitely a legacy there that, that needs to be honoured and, and hopefully Dave and the, the committee have, have done that. Over your initiative, I've noticed you've spoken to all his ex-teammates and uh, even ex-managers. What are the kind of the things that they say about Kevin, like the common themes? Yeah, well... Um, yeah, it's the same, you know, it's a familiar story with all of them. Um, he's held in such high regard, not just for his playing ability, um, for his work rate, um, for the way he helped the youngsters who were coming in, um, standing up for his teammates, generally just being a nice guy, you know, like a, a good laugh. Um, just everything about him, you know, and, and it's the, the one thing I'd say with Kevin is having got to meet him as part of this venture, um, he doesn't disappoint, you know, I mean, he is everything that you sort of believed him to be, you know, they obviously, like, you shouldn't meet your heroes, but, but he's sort of the exception to that rule. Um, he's, he's just a down-to-earth guy, you know, um, very humble as well. I mean, that was part when we started this this campaign, was, was trying to convince Kevin to allow him, us to, to give him this honour, because, you know, he's not really one for the limelight, and... He, he had to sort of think it through and I'm glad that he is allowing us to do it and because um, it'd be great not just for him for his family and all that to look on and be proud of and, and rightly so um, but yeah the, the guys I mean you're, you're talking like I, I've been inviting some people for the friendly so I've been getting exhausting as many contacts as I can and talking to Steve Clark Lee Miller uh, Ali McCoy's Gordon Strachan and, and guys you know Ali and Gordon both played in his testimonial um and all these guys have got nothing but high praise for him, you know. He's such highly thought of in the game, um, you know, just as, as much high regard as with the playing side and managers as he is with the fans. Um, and that says a lot, I think. One of the the most common stories that comes up was that uh, the, the, the Cup semi-final, I think, when we played Celtic, the infamous Roman bar night where uh, the, the Falkirk bus, uh, team bus, I believe, stopped at the Roman bar. Kevin got out and wasn't seen for about two or three days. 100% true. 100% true. If you speak uh, of his teammates, you know, that's that, absolutely right. That attests to, to Kevin's character. He was just one of the guys, one of the lads and a local lad, you know, who else would go to the, uh, a place like, you know, the Roman bar at the back then? It was... 
I don't know. Um, you'll probably edit this out, but <laughs> a bit of a dangerous place, let's just say. Um, and you know, and spend twenty four hours in there, forty hours in there, um, and come out and probably probably smash training the next again day. So that's uh, one of the most common stories okay. I think told about Kevin. Any truth in the rumor that the Roman Bar was the alternative site for the signage if you couldn't get the south stand? <laughs> well, it could have been one of the options. I'm that sure. It was an idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm sure there's a plaque there, or if not, that's maybe next on the agenda. There's a plaque in the room. I think that. I think talking about the training. I think that might have been one of the only times he, he missed training. Probably was, was it. Day. I think he went. I think he went missing as far as the he'd studies a, went. He'd have played on the Saturday though and smashed it though. I'm ah, sure, yeah, so. absolutely. You mentioned being a local lad there. The fact he was a local lad does that just endear more to the fans and fact he kept coming back four spells I think he had here and at least three of them I think were successful I think one was just a four or five games six six games yep. six games on loan from Chelsea yep. yeah uh, but and which I think was relegation so I think I remember how telling the story I think he got relegated twice in one week he, he did I, um, I had yeah. the pleasure of interviewing him uh, a couple of nights ago and, and he, he spoke about that very briefly uh, and he did say you know that there was a part of him that wanted to to stay when Falkirk were relegated um, unfortunately the club were, were looking to sell someone you know mm. just to, to balance the books and obviously Crunchy with his ability was was your one star asset um, there was a little bit of interest from from Celtic that Jim Jeffries has spoken about in the past um, but it was it was hips that came in with the, the confirmed bid and, um, you know, Crunchy said he was genuinely torn because Hibs made him a really good offer and it was like a, a three-year contract, he said. So from a player's perspective, it was a bit of a no-brainer, but he was also torn because he really cared about Falkirk and he didn't want to leave his local team. You know, he was a guy who, a local guy living the dream and, and was genuinely privileged to wear that shirt every time he went on the pitch. Um, but, you know, I, I think he said that ultimately knowing that it was also helping the club and, and the manager at the time didn't want him to go but the fact that the club kind of did kind of helped smooth it a little bit mm. I think that one time though as well I mean that's one thing with Kevin that's unfortunate but he never really won the kind of trophies he, he should have with, with Volker you know like such as his ability it just for one reason or another it just never really happened um, apart from the, the Challenge Cup I think in 97 just a bit to say they'd be in Q Cup let's know yeah. <laughs> well, <I laughs> that's an accolade I, 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 a I cup's a cup Q. yeah exactly <laughs> no but I mean it doesn't matter I mean, if it wasn't for one to try and Kevin could turn a game around the pitch on his own um, it just it doesn't happen for some players but it doesn't say anything about like how good they were um, but the one thing I think the, the relegation wasn't it when he was on loan at Falkirk it was Chelsea got relegated and Falkirk in the, the same weeks which uh, uh, which must have been gotten for him and, and let's say not uh, undeserving of it um, for all that he gives to the, the club but I think he, he went back to Chelsea and then they won promotion yeah. next year as well yeah. so he's won, okay. a, won a couple of trophies at, with Chelsea which is a good yeah, I can say that for me being a local lad and you know having a a stand named after you can only go and inspire um, the younger generation. You know, Falkirk at the moment are trying to get their academy up and running. So can you imagine, imagine a 16, 17-year-old coming in, signing and saying, oh, Kevin McAllister stand, that's, that's, you know, that's something to target. That's, that's where I want to be in 20, 30 years' time. So I think, you know, you're talking talk about legacy earlier on, then it's definitely something that, that the younger generation and, and the youth development should be looking at and, and, and trying to aspire to. Yeah. Well, that's the thing it was put to us at one point you know that it might 
because I think we had a, a big number seven, you know, was going to be at the end of it. We kind of incorporated it into the design and the, the V and Kevin, but it was kind of said that, you know, it might be like retiring a number, might put pressure on the, the younger players. But to me, like Stuart saying, it should be inspiring to them, you know, they should say, well, you know, there's a guy that, a local guy, and got his name up in the stand as an R2 stands, you know, <laughs> let me go down and like uh, do my day. best. But yeah, exactly. You, you never know what happens. But it just shows what can happen even at a club like Falkirk, how, you know, well thought of you can be and what you can do in your career. You know, you don't necessarily have to go to the, all the big clubs. You can make yourself a legend right here, you know, and hopefully it does inspire some of the younger players that come in and, and do the same. Particularly if, you know, the Falkirk fans do, it'd be, be great to, to think that this could be the, the start of finding a new Kevin McAllister, but I'm not, <laughs> it's going to be a, a very um, hard search to, to find that, but uh, he's hoping. He's obviously um, decided, for all the reasons that we've just mentioned, you know, that everything that Crunchy means to, to you guys, to the club, to the fans, that you wanted to get this stand renamed. When that decision was made and it was clear in your mind, right, you know, we want to get some signage, do the rest of it, how did you go about fundraising? I know some of the answers, obviously, but a lot of the fans listening to this might not. So can you guys give a little bit of background about, you know, how the campaign started, how you went through your fundraising, what kind of events you did, and give us a little bit about the, the kind of journey? What are you talking about? You, you know exactly how the, the money you spent on I, your, your shirt. Let's, yeah. let's not talk about that. <laughs> At least you got a kiss off Kevin for it. <laughs> Worth every penny, I tell you. Uh, I, like this, going back to the start, it was, um, as Stuart touched on it, it kind of changed in, in what it was going to be. I mean, I, I fully expected, like, you know, putting the name out there and saying, uh, putting the word out to, shall we name a stand after Kevin and, and then going to the club and saying, look, how about this idea? And thinking that'd be it, done, you know. They go on with it, but... Um, it was Kieran back at the time, and we kind of um, came back and said it's great. He took it to the board and was was fully up for it, but he said it'd be better maybe um, if it'd be a fan led initiative. Um, you know, just just to avoid any cynicism from fans and stuff. You know, which I fully understand. And and when I went and spoke to Kevin, I think he was quite keen that you know it'd be led by us too. Um, you know, just which. Again, it's totally understandable. So that I then was tasked with, right, okay, I've brought it forward, I guess, I need to sort of follow it through now. Um, so we got the, the committee together. Um, and that was all good. And we thought we, we talked to him that was just before Stuart joined, but we talked about how we're going to do it and just starting a crowd uh, fundraising scheme or something and see what we could do. But, of course, then that was uh, 2019 then. 2020 hit, the, the pandemic was there, um, so we had to kind of reassess it, we talked to, we were just ready to launch as well and then everything shut down, so we, we sort of agreed with the club that um, we'd hold off because obviously they were kind of looking for money and just shut down with the, um, the football matches, um, but as time went on, as we all know, like um, we thought it was only going to be a matter of a couple of weeks and uh, weeks turned into months and we kind of got to I think May time and I was saying to the guys because we've we fully thought we were going for like the start of that next season so that would be in 2020-21 and like by that time I'd set up the committee um, with another four um, fans and 
we were just saying like I need we need if we're not going to do this, um, because the other agreement made with the club was that like we wouldn't then just go and ask for money, so because they would be chasing sponsors and stuff, so, um, we agreed that you know we we do it in another way, um, which you know is a, a lot more difficult because then we had to to kind of think about what to do, and the first one was the the prints, uh, when Stuart came on board, um. And then just went on for there, but it, it became a bit of a mini enterprise in itself, you know, the fundraising, and then we had to look at how much it was going to cost. Um, because a part of our ethos as well was that we're going to do it, we're going to do it correctly. Um, uh, sorry, just because yeah. I'm really glad, because that's, that's the real reason I was asking you that initial sure. question was, as, as a kind of follow-up, how important was it to you to do it right? Because let's be honest, all this fundraising that's been done for, you know, months, year, last couple of years really, you could have fundraised like 30 quid to put up a, a four-inch brass plaque. So how important was it to to get that kind of vision that you guys had and, and do it, for want of a better word, do it properly? You know? Yeah, well, really important. I mean, I, I, through my job, I get to visit a lot of football grounds and you see the best of it and the worst of it sometimes with, with how they've um, renamed the stands of what they've done. And fairly enough, when we started this campaign um, and got the, the committee together um, St Mirren had renamed the stand after Tony Fitzpatrick and we saw the kind of wee thing in the media and I hope <laughs> St Mirren don't mind me saying it if they've ever they listened but they, that was kind of the example to us of what we don't want to do I mean they had Tony Fitzpatrick's a legend you know and uh, for St Mirren and they, they, they just put like a, a small like you say a brass plaque and I think having worked at St Mirren I'm pretty sure it's outside the toilets somewhere you know and, and that's all they've done they've never had any other signage put up and they introduced it in front of like five or six representatives for like the media or something it was like you know it just it felt all about that's we were like that's exactly what we, we don't want to do um, no disrespect to St Mirren, but we just thought, no, we're, we're doing this right. Um, you know, you, you look at Partick Thistle, they've got the John Lambie stand, but it's kind of just like an advertising board on the side, so it wouldn't cost much either. Um, and we had a look around and just thought, no, we, we want to make sure this is done properly, get a nice sign, because again, that's, you know, the least that Kevin deserves. So um, we started looking at the quotes and realising how much it was and then how many T-shirts and prints we'd have to sell. So... <laughs> Uh, it's been a long journey, but again, at, at the end of it, we wanted to make sure it's done properly. It's about honouring Kevin, you know, and the way to do that is to do it right. Um, and I think hopefully everybody will agree on Friday when it opens. I mean, the design and what's there is amazing, and it's you know it's going to be there for years. Um, Dave's doing himself a discredit here because he completely done the designs all himself. Um, you know. The prints were all Dave, um, the t-shirts were all designed by Dave. Um, you're missing a trick as a graphic designer, mate, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, you know, things like the Christmas bubbles, you know, the beer, um, you know, there's there's been so much in there in terms of merch. And to be honest with you, the club are missing a bit, a bit of a trick here. We, think, we, we thought um, we're doing things that the club weren't doing. They weren't saying, uh, really selling prints. There was no real... You know the t-shirts, the cups, that kind of thing. Yeah. Christmas, sell Christmas baubles at Christmas. So they were, they were missing a big trick, and it meant that we weren't really stepping on anybody's toes in terms of what we were selling. Um, although there is a story that I got my <laughs> no knuckles wrapped when I first joined, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that out. So were you pleased then with the the response you got for the fans, not only in fundraising but also trying to raise awareness among other fans to try and get on board? 
the fans have been amazing. Honestly, Falkirk fans just always just turn it up a notch. They always amaze you. You know, um, they bought into it. They bought their merch. They're hopefully going to buy their tickets for Friday. Hopefully this goes out before Friday. But if it doesn't, hopefully you were there and enjoyed the game on Friday. But the fans have just been amazing. You know, they've backed us to the house. Um, we can't thank them enough um, for, for, for buying T-shirts, for buying bubbles. Um, you know, I've personally met so many the fans out there that I didn't know um, previous to this, um, and they've all been very you know happy about what we're doing and, and you know yeah, it's been like a real community feel that you know felt like we're built like a sort of group of, of fans dedicated to doing this. It's not I mean you can say that we've done this and that, but to me I I just feel we just led it. it. It would never happen without the support that we've had from everybody else. You know to to buy the t-shirts and to buy whatever it was. Um, but but it's been great. I mean, if you if you were on the Crunchy Initiative Facebook, it's just it's all positive. All people really want to get involved and want to see this done. So it would never happen if not for those guys. Um, and and even like we're saying with when we were selling stuff, we we were delivering things um, just so we could make money instead of giving the postage money to Royal Mail. We we delivered it, and I would say done a bit of service in the Royal Mail to be honest, because <laughs> had some issues with them, but. Uh, but but that gave us a chance to go out and meet people, meet the because it's funny as well. There's been some people, and when we had like a letter photo shoot that we did the other day, it was like meeting some people for the first time that I've, I've been speaking to through an email or a Facebook Messenger or something. And it's just it's really nice, you know. Just such a a lot of good fans out there that are, are really willing to commit and um, you know put put their efforts in and and sort of do what they can to to see something good happen. And it's I, it's been really positive that side of things has been great and, and that's right up until the end as well you know the, the letters sales only happened about two or three weeks ago mm-hmm. you know and they all sold out within a week so that just shows you that the fans were right behind us um, and yeah, it's just been great to meet them and thank you to every single one and of I them think, who's bought everything yeah and probably good to say thanks to Sandy Alexander as well because you know for, uh, social media is not always sort of I think some maybe unfair comments uh, with regards to Sammy but uh, Sandy but he, he's been behind us from day one as well you know his uh, late brother was uh, Kevin was his favourite player as was Sandy's and he's just a huge Falkirk fan and it was the first time he was but one of the letters as well so it was good to meet him and, and he's like again like it's you know it's his basically sort of he owns a stand and, but it's never been an issue at all like it's like 100% behind it and he was even you know, offering if we had a shortfall to, to help with it. So, um, and has always sort of opened up his himself if, if we had to get in touch. So, um, big thanks to, to him for as well for allowing this to, to happen. Safe to say you mentioned a shortfall there, but was there not actually a, an excess? You actually exceeded the, the fundraising target you had? Yeah, uh, massively. With the, with, so, with the, um, the letters themselves were, I think, came to around 14,500 in total. We, we done a team with the, um, the club, so we just give them the money minus the VAT. So it was 14,500 plus the VAT, um, and we've ended up raising um, 30, over 32,000, I think, given. There's, there's a few things that need to be paid for out of that, the sponsors board, and um, and I think actually that maybe includes a little bit of money Sandy gave to put behind the bar for Kevin. But... Um, but yeah, it's. I think at the end of this, when everything's bought and paid for, we should have about fifteen and a half thousand pounds left over, 
um, which we are in discussions with Derek from the Foundation um, to give to them to put towards uh, a community benefit project, which we had talked about creating a sensory centre and we hope that that will happen, but if not, we'll exhaust that option and, and if not, then uh, we'll, we'll make sure it goes to something else uh, similarly worthwhile. Um, but we're going to let the, the foundation take the lead on that one. I think we'll, we'll happily take your, back your feet up for a wee yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. That must be a good feeling, then, knowing of you. I mean, understand after Kevin, but you've also managed to raise funds that are going to help the community and help some of the people involved with the club try and do something good to, to, to further to further the Falkirk family, basically. Yeah, I mean, it all adds, it all adds into it. Again, it's that sort of community spirit, isn't it? Like, just... Um, making sure that the, the football or anything is accessible to as many people as possible. I think that's all part. You don't just chase the money all the time. You should really be doing things that um, might not even make complete business sense, but it allows people um, who wouldn't have been able to attend matches to, to come. You know, I think that's that's important for community clubs like Falkirk. Um, and I, and I think it's, you know, looking at the, the club and I think they, they see the, the the value and things like that too. I think Jamie, certainly from stuff he's done at Stennis Muir and speaking to me, um, he's got a real good ethic in him to, to sort of bring more um, of the community together and hopefully something like that will help. But, you know, there's lots that can be done and, and let's say the, the money hopefully will help achieve something that allows more fans to attend matches. We're recording this obviously midweek ahead of the, the game coming up on, on Friday night. Um, to what extent are you guys going to sit back with a, a little happy smile and just take a, a bit of satisfaction when the, the fans are there and it's officially unveiled? Um, it'll be amazing. You know, I think it'll probably not so much me, but more Dave will be able to put his feet up and, and, and relax for a little bit. Um, when I say that, you know, he's put his heart and soul. It's probably underestimating what he's actually put into it. Um, along with other guys in the committee, um, you know, Mark, Simon, um, Stuart. Yeah. You know, everybody's everybody's played a part in the committee. And Bill um, as well. And Bill as well. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Bill. Yeah, so you know, everybody's put their heart and soul into it, and I think it would just be great to see when when kick kick off seven thirty and Friday and. You know, we can we can just have a couple of beers and enjoy the day. Um Yeah, absolutely. And I think no one will enjoy it more well, not particularly the football side of it, but my wife will be happy to and she's been a bit of a, a Kevin McAllister widow for the past two years as I've been trying to get some of this stuff sorted. So um I no it'll be listen, it's, it's great to, to see it happen and so glad to, to have been part of it. Um but there will be a, a bit of a sense of relief as well to, to get back to get some of my life back uh, come the next couple of weeks. But um, I can't I can't wait to, to see it. It'll be, hopefully be a great occasion and get as many fans turn up as possible. Yeah, well, make sure you come along on Friday night to pay tribute to Kevin and see the game and see John's team out for the first time as well. Tickets are on sale for £10 for adults. Concessions on under-18s are £5. And on twelves are a pound, so on the official unveiling Friday night, and I think will Kevin be out on the pitch before the game? Yeah, so the the plan is um, that we've got a special gift we made for Kevin, um, so we're going to I think have a, a guard of honour to welcome Alex Totten out onto the pitch with the gift, and then welcome Kevin out to receive it, um, and then just there's no won't be any doing a Q and A or anything, just allow the fans to give him a clap and. 
Trust me, you didn't want to do Q&A, right? <laughs> First one goes all right, second one, maybe not so much. You not when we have given you some questions to ask as well. Please don't boo the players. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, this is the one thing about being a friendly. You know, I just wanted to, I know we could have had that competitive game, but we felt like Kevin needs a standalone um, fixture. He deserves that for me. And, you know, just the friendly atmosphere. I mean, even hopefully... I know it will go against the grain of some fans, but if Hibs if uh, fans and Albion Rovers fans, and we do have a Chelsea fan coming all the way up uh, to watch it, you know, I think everyone's welcome. You know, it's the result won't matter as much, and, and hopefully folk can just enjoy it for what it is, you know, just a bit of an occasion to, to open the, the Kevin McAllister stand and, and show your appreciation to Kevin when he walks out in the pitch on Friday night. I saw that you had a Chelsea fan up during the week, I think, for the lettering. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the letter. guy. Yeah, James, I mean, he's, he's a massive uh, fan of, of Crunchy, you know, it's which is a great thing. I, again, we never really touched on it, but when you're doing this campaign, it's not just Falkirk fans, you know, other fans have been in touch. Um, we did a bit in the programme with Albion Rovers fan. Uh, a few of them got back and, and gave quotes about Kevin and they're all saying, like, how he's... The, the greatest player and he, he was 40 year old when he was playing at Clifton Hill and it's just incredible but like Hibs fans have, have said how great a player he was for them and to hear it with Chelsea I mean like yeah the Chelsea back then is, is different um, from the, the, the sort of machine that they are now but they were still a, a big club you know they played in the top flight in England uh, when Kevin went down there and they did get relegated but came back up and it's not a big team big players you know Gordon Jury and a few, Pat Nevin, big Joe. Steve Clark, Big Joe McLaughlin, yeah, a few Scottish guys in there. Um, but to know that a guy, you know, who Kevin was his, like, boyhood hero and, and, and all that time and sort of um, held him in the same high regard despite all the, the numerous, like, world-class players that have came through at Chelsea, it says, like, loads about him. The guy was delighted to meet uh, crunchy when he came along to the photo shoot um, and I, I just saw a picture there he put on Twitter, he's got a, a signed programme from Kevin from uh, I can't remember the year of it, like early 80s or something like that and it's like to Happy Christmas or something from him and <laughs> now he's got a signed top like years and years apart it just, it's amazing, you know it just really is um, again just shows you uh, what a player he was who wouldn't want to celebrate somebody that put Amarusa on his backside? Do you know what I mean? And, and <laughs> you know? That's, th- that's my favourite memory of him. Yeah. Everyone says, oh, is it the Huntley goal or is it the you know the, the goal against Hearts that, that Crunchy reckons himself is probably the best goal he scored because it was a, a semi-final. But for mm-hmm. me, you know, we had we had that great run to the final in 97. We had a run to the semi-final in 98. And then we made the quarter-final against Rangers in 99. And for me, that's the moment for me that sums Crunchy up. You know, yeah, Huntley was great. He, he beats like about 94 players and puts it in the net. But that moment when he stops the ball, drops the shoulder, faints one way, faints the other way. And as you said, Big Amoruso ends up flat on his backside. And the best of it is, Crunchy never even touched the ball in the entire move. Like, if you want one memory, one moment to, to encapsulate everything the wee man is, that's it for me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that... that, that uh looking back and obviously like throughout this I've been getting clips and going back and I was looking today actually they had that um, a Rangers fan has put up that full semi-final so you know the, the funny thing is is like how your memory sort of 
um, betrays you sometimes because always with, with Kevin is the one thing that stands out is his skill. But you watch back, I mean, left foot, right foot, crossing either side, his his touch was amazing. Obviously he's cribbling, we all we all knew about. But his work rate and all that stuff as well. I mean, he, he could play a great pass as well. His delivery as well was, was fantastic. I mean, even watching the cup final, you know, and, and I think we'd all say it's maybe one of his quieter games. But, you know, I, I put clips together of it and he's still involved in getting the ball forward uh, into attacking areas, creating chances. I mean, if that's one of his quieter games, you know, it's just, I mean, we'd be lucky if we had got a player, our best players to do that out in the pitch now. We'd, we'd be raving about it. Um, and, and that Rangers game as well from uh, 99, 99 plus, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, looking at clips, he was 30, let me think, 37, 36, I think. I think he'd be 36 when he was in that. And and again, you just look at all, all the touches he has and, and stuff. It's just amazing. And, and you don't, the memories don't kind of stand out. You think about the bigger things, but like, he was always a player I remember that you, you just wanted him to get the ball because he'd always do something with it. And he, he'd rarely lose the ball as well. Like, he was just... Aye, tremendously to look back and, and see all those things and I hope all the young fans do as well because it might be a while before we see a player like his like again in fact yeah. probably probably never you know so definitely enjoy it uh, the 97 Cup run was all we're playing Kilmarnock again on Friday 25 years later obviously we're disappointing end to that Cup run but even speaking to fans around um, now still talk really fondly about it but what was what was it about that team that was just so good to watch why does it still stick out? Well, I mean, I've been fortunate doing some of the media stuff over the years that I've managed to keep in touch with a lot of the former players and stuff, and mainly it is a lot of the guys from that 97 squad. The one thing for me that stands out about the whole 97 Cup run, and, and even speaking to the guys now, see the bond that that 97 squad have, even to this day, is like no other squad or, or group of players that I've met ever since. Um, you know, it was backs to the wall. Those guys came through more or less a kind of rebuild in the kind of January when Alex Totten came in. Uh, they, you know, they had that run to the final. As I've said a moment ago, they then went on and followed that up with a Challenge Cup final in 97. And this is something I was speaking to Crunchy about the other night. And he said, he goes, Lewis, I came back thinking I was just running down the last two years of my career. And then I was hanging the boots up. And before I know it, I'm, you know, five years later, I've had a final. Um, we had the semi-final win over Celtic. He says, and after the game, I thought, well, we're, you know, that's my last ever semi-final. And it's, it's nice to have been at Ibrox and done it. And then, of course, you know, you go on that year, Challenge Cup final at Fir Park that they win. They're back again in the semi-final against Hearts the next year. And then they're back again the following year to take on... Uh, Rangers at Ibrox and for me it was just that camaraderie those guys have you know you speak to some of them and you know I know it's all been about crunchy but if I can go off on a tangent just for a wee second and, and pick somebody like Scotty McKenzie he's a great example that typifies that squad you know these guys are really kind of humble they're really down to earth um, and I know crunchy kind of feels that way about the stand as well he says it's genuinely humbling as a local guy, to have this this gesture from the guys, um, but it's it's just the interaction they have. Those guys genuinely. I know it's no cliche, but that group of players genuinely 
gave every single thing they had for the shirt. And that's why I think, for me, the fans still remember them so fondly. You know, you, it's, it's a bit of nostalgia as well. You know, we were playing at Brockville then, which probably, to me, will never be matched in terms of stadium, in terms of atmosphere. Um, even down to the strips, you know, the strips were probably the most sought-after strip I've ever seen in Falkirk, and probably still are to this day. There's still people search for them, high and low. Um, particularly the cup final, you know, I, I got some great memories of that day from having to queue up outside Brockville on the Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. The queue was, we're talking about a mile long for the queue, to the actual travelling through to Ibrox for the game itself. Um, it was just fantastic. Um, even though we lost, you know, the, 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 the subway back, that was pretty miserable. But going back to the town, it was at a time where the town was absolutely buzzing and jumping. And I was, I'm going to say not old enough to be in the Martel, but I was in the Martel with your brother, David. <laughs> um, you know, and we were just sobbing our hearts out because we got beaten, we, we deserved to win. So it's just, I think it just jogs memories. And it's been such a, a difficult time as a Falkirk supporter. I mean, you've got to have something to look back at and, and, and be happy about and celebrate. And that's probably, what for me, what, what Friday's all about, to be honest with you. It's about looking back and, 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 and trying to cement that legacy. Yeah, and a lot of those guys will be there as well. But I mean, ninety seven was kind of when I started really following. I think I had to, I think I came in under the Lambie years and and would go along with my brother a couple of games, um, but really started going regularly uh, ninety six ninety seven, and and I remember and it's talking again. I knew of Crunchy and Alec Totten and and they came in. It just seemed to transform the team. I mean, I I think we should probably talk about Alec Totten as well. You know, because to me. As a fan growing up, like they were synonymous. It was Crunchy and, and Alec Totten were, were Falkirk for me, uh, and the two of them together. And, and I've said about Alex with this, I mean, he's generous with his time, everything he can do to help us, he's there, you know, and he, he's offered uh, on many occasions. Like, you know, he's just, he's, he's been unbelievable behind us. I mean, he is, in my opinion anyway, would be equally deserving of a stand. Um, but but he's he's been fantastic and but the, the whole team like with that that ninety seven he kind of built a squad and a lot of them stayed together because when I was looking at like who else to invite and really the nucleus of that squad were together and one or two additions you know like David Moss coming in Marino Keith and Jim McQuilkin and stuff like that but but it just seemed to build this team that although they you know they always done well in the cups and they they were always up there in the leagues and you think back then as well though I mean. It was like Hibs and Dundee, and there was so much money going around, which we were not at us, you know. Livingston then bought in and brought some of our best players, and Air United at the time, I, I seem to remember, had a load of money. It's just some money floating about, which, let's say, um, we didn't seem to have for whatever reason, but I mean, just that team was great, and, and Alex was a big part of that. He brought that team together, and and I was devastated as well when we got to two thousand and and one when, um, I was at two thousand two. Sorry, um, when you know we almost got relegated. We should have been relegated, and and Alex, uh, sort of, uh, stepped down from manager, and then Kevin ended up at Albion Rovers. It was such a, a horrible end to the journey, you know that all the the money had been taken out. It was all young kids and it was great. We had Mark Kerr and Lee Muller and stuff coming through, but it was just such a, a horrible end to the journey. So one one thing with this is is hopefully that, you know, ends in a, a better note, you know, the pair of them coming out um together and, and, and the rest of the team up there too and, and yeah, hopefully the start of a new a new era to, to bring a bit of success because we we could do it right now as well. Well yeah, Friday's an opportunity for 
a real positive at the stadium for the fans, something they can they can get behind on Friday and just enjoy the evening and hopefully it's the start of a good campaign. Yeah. Fingers crossed, yeah. Uh, probably one, just one last shout. We've mentioned the fans, but we really have to give a shout out to the local businesses that have supported mm-hmm. us through this. Um, you know, they've, they've been amazing. I couldn't name every one of them, but you know, Big Brian up at Bind the Wall has been tremendous. We support. Um, Trice Brewery done the beer for and us. You mentioned as well, Sandy Muir. He's, he's Sandy Muir really at a Business Club as well. They've yeah, been fantastic. yeah. Um, to, just to name some. Um, although what I will do is I'll apologise to the some of the local pubs that bought in the beer. So we had decided to brew the McAllister beer. We took it to Big Brian. Big Brian helped us. He, he got us on the trace. We created the beer and stuff like that. We bottled it. We put it into casks and we started phoning about the pubs saying, you're interested in buying the, the, the beer. So from the Station Hotel, kind of Falkirk-related pubs. So we've done that and, you know, the, the beer went out and literally about two or three days later, lockdown happened. So <laughs> you know, we tried our best. So apologies go out to uh, all the local uh, pubs that, that that bought it. Um, the the beer was actually a wee success story. It was quite good to get. Quite good fun to an, get. An yeah. McAllister IPA then. Yeah, yeah, it, it might be, be worth. worth yeah, it might be worth. It'll be like the Rosebank whiskey. So it might be worth something <laughs> in a few Just years. Just to you sitting in your living room surrounded by kegs, gradually <laughs> working your way through lockdown. Absolutely, thank you, room for them, I'm sure. Just as we're wrapping up, any final messages from you guys? Again, just to thank the fans for for their support. Without them, you know, we couldn't do this. On an apologising theme, you know, the, the guy at Trice Road that I delivered the bubble to, um, and it was a surprise for his son, um, and I let go that what was in the, the 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 box. So apologies to that guy. And you know, I said we met some great fans. Um, again, the guy up at Larbert in the caravan. Um, never seen a guy so excited to 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 receive a crunchy T-shirt in all my life. You know, um, just some bizarre stories, but. Great fun. Um, it's been amazing doing it. Um, last thing I'll say is, you know, again, I, just to David, just the grit, determination, the heart and soul that he's put into this. Nobody will ever probably grasp just how how hard that's been in, in the sort of journey that he's been on. So, David, thank you very much from from all the Falkirk fans for, for seeing this through, mate. You've done an absolute sterling job. Oh, I appreciate that. But, I mean, it's, like I say, it's, it's been a team effort and it's, um, we've all had to go through a lot to, to get here and, um, but it would be nothing about the, the fans that all supported us and let's say we met some great people along the way and hopefully see them all on Friday night and get to enjoy a pint if we can Thanks to you guys for all the efforts you've put in it's uh, hopefully going to be a really great night on Friday so make sure you get out and support Kevin the Country Initiative get out and see the new team for the new season and thank you guys for your time tonight Thanks gents and come on you birds.